that covers the A&E show, Bates Motel. Today, we are going to be covering um, the Psycho 4 movie, or Showtime's made-for-TV movie, I guess, called Psycho 4 in the Beginning. I'm Sue. And I'm Em. <laughs> you, you could not even say that name of the movie with a straight face. <laughs> I know. Spoiler alert, this movie delighted Sue. <laughs> Absolutely delighted me. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome back. It's been a couple months. Or a few. <laughs> it's been a few. Yeah, probably a few. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we've been... Working on our Buffy watch, if you're not listening to that one, that's what we've been doing. And yeah. decided we needed to give Yes Mother some loving. <laughs> so. <laughs> what better way to do it than to review Cycle 4? Yes. Yes. So, how you been? Uh, Good. Just, you know, it's fall. I like fall. Same. The The heat finally seems to be going away. Yeah, it's great. It's the temperature kind of hovers around 80 these days instead of upper 90s. Yeah, it's and still... even in the 70s sometimes. Yeah, it still seems a little warm for the first week of October, but yeah, you know the a scout and two of the neighbor boys were on their um, our front lawn today at like eight. And mm-hmm. It was like dark, and they were just playing out there. I'm like, it's like summer. I know. <laughs> it was just a weird scene to see. Not to mention that they were all over so late on a school night. But just how it worked out today. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's it's warm, but cooling down. Yep. Finally. Yeah. Well, cool. So. Let's get into it. <laughs> all right. Start with, we got just a couple of feedbacks, because apparently this movie is difficult to find, to watch. Yeah, we apologize. Um, Sue and I are watching it on a DVD uh, that we, Sue loaned me, and we didn't realize, not, not that it would have stopped us from reviewing it, but we didn't realize how hard it'd be to find online. You can't even watch it on YouTube. Yeah, it's not on YouTube, you can't rent it from Amazon. Or iTunes. Yeah, must be like a Showtime thing. Showtime stuff seems to not really stream, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, they kind of keep their stuff tight under the belt. Even this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Even this 25 years old. 1990 gem of a movie. Gem. <laughs> yeah. This is exactly what I want in a bad movie. <laughs> For reals, yeah. This is a good, bad movie. It is. Um. Anyway, we thought we'd... You know, just we're going to assume a lot of you listening haven't seen it or maybe saw it a long time ago. So we'll kind of try and keep you keep the plot going so you can like kind of follow along yeah. without having to see it or, you know, go to your local library, see if they have a copy or something. Yeah, I'd bet they do. Or, or... If you see it for a buck in your Walmart bin. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> Or I bought this for you for Christmas on Amazon, and it was all the psychos. I thought it'd be a nice little gift for you to have them all so you didn't have to hunt them down every time. Mm-hmm. 
So it was it's a disc and I saw it still on Amazon. It's Psycho Two, Psycho Three, Psycho Four and the Bates Motel made for T V movie, not affiliated with the A and E show. We haven't watched that one yet, but we will. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, it was like under five bucks. So Yeah. So that might be worth you know. If you want all the psychos, you can get it very cheaply on Amazon. All the Psycho sequels. It's, the sequels. It does not include... does not have the original. The good one. <laughs> <laughs> I was... I was curious as to what other people had to say about this movie. So today at work, I went on to IMDb and went down to the message boards on this page. Oh, yeah. And in one of them, I think one of the... It was like is this good with a question mark or something? <laughs> <laughs> and like, <laughs> there was three or four pages of comments, and I was just kind of like, you know, glancing through them. And someone, like, rated their favorite Psycho movies. <laughs> they had, this is number one. Oh, man. And I think Psycho 2 is number two. And then the original is number three. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> first favorite. Yeah. And the original's the third favorite. <laughs> we should rank our favorites. I could easily rank my favorite sequels. This is my favorite sequel of the three. And then I'd go two and then three. Yeah. I probably would too, although if I was rating them as actual movies instead of crap, <laughs> you know, like just bad movies that are enjoyable, mm-hmm. I'd probably do two's the best. Maybe they wouldn't order downhill. Two, three, four. What? Or maybe I don't know. It's a it's a gamble. Two, four, three. Sounds like you and I have differing opinions on this one. <laughs> <laughs> As actual like movie critical reviews, where oh. would you put this? That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not gonna let my brain go there because. <laughs> These are bad sequels, so <laughs> they don't deserve that. <laughs> okay, well, anyways. Okay. We thought we'd do a little... Uh, we have one email we've gotten since we recorded a Yes Mother podcast. Um, it's not about Psycho 4, but it's it's from Kimberly Pratt. Um just a new listener. She says, Hi, Em and Sue. I just requested to join your Yes Mother Facebook group. The first time I watched seasons one and two, I missed some episodes, so I was always lost, but I could tell it was a great show. Now, after watching again, it makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your recaps and discussions. Can't wait to watch season three again. I'm almost done listening. I'm at the point where Dylan and Caleb go on the drug run. A nice way to get to know your son-nephew slash, well, son slash nephew, father slash uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we are concerned about Norman making the ultimate kill, but I think his family members have killed more at this point in the show. 
Oh, and then we had a f discussion on it on Facebook about who's killed more. And we decided it was Norman. Mm-hmm. Correct? I think yeah. so. I think we collectively came up with Norman. Yeah. Anyway, Kim, thank yep. you. Thanks, Kim. Uh, we can set you up with a room if you're interested. Should we wait to see where she wants to go? Yeah, because there's room at both places. So yeah. you can have a hotel room or a B&B room. Do you have your setup about who's where? Um, yeah, I'm just getting to it. I okay. can. Yeah, we have some rooms open at the motel. We have like one. We have like room two, three. Five, six, seven, because I kicked some people out. Yeah, <laughs> some people definitely need to be kicked out. <laughs> and Not then paying rent. at the B&B, we still just have the crazy kids, Iggy, Kat, and Matt. The Blarty with a Chance of Meatballs room is open. <laughs> so it's the Dream Lover room, maybe this time room. Pistol River Pocket Gopher room. <laughs> Razor Climb room. <laughs> Oh, I miss Base Motel. I know, I do too. <laughs> Just looking at him, it's like, oh. Aww. The Razor Clam Room. <laughs> so, yeah, Kim, since you sent feedback and joined the Yes Mother page, just let us know where you want to be. Yep. And then our other feedback comes from another new listener named Daniel, who also joined the Yes Mother page. Mm-hmm. And we've had some interesting conversations with him. Yeah. Fun discussions. Yes, he is a Norma Norman Shipper. Yeah, which is awesome. Yep. <laughs> I like that. I like to think that there's people out there that do ship them. I think that's... I can't get my head around it, but I think it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get past the mother something. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, uh, hey, Em and Sue. And he actually has seen Psycho Force, so it's actually his feedback is mostly about this. Oh, correct. Um, he says, a few months ago, I finally decided to stop putting off checking out Bates Motel and instantly fell in love with the characters. I binge watched three seasons that weekend. <laughs> that is really impressive, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of Bates. <laughs> <laughs> I love listening to podcasts, and I was surprised to see very few devoted to the show. But Yes Mother has more than made up for that void, and I really enjoyed your coverage so far. Yeah, I'm still surprised how very few there are. Um, There's still just us, the AfterBuzz people, and then that one guy that did just season one. As right. Far as I can tell. I really fully expected a few to pop up in season three. Yeah, yeah. It's a good show. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get why more people aren't watching it. And talking about it. Because we feel we're probably fairly niche <laughs> Right, right. We don't think our podcast is for everybody. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's too bad. It's a good show. Yeah. Um, but the ones that it is for, we're glad you're here. Yes. And we Thanks have a lot of fun together. We do. Um, he says, the made-for-cable Psycho 4 the beginning definitely isn't part of my Psycho headcanon. Mm -hmm. I got really excited to see Warren Frost's name in the credits, 
though, because he played Dr. Hayward in Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah, that's what I recognized him from. Okay. Yeah, is he like, um... Like a med- is he the medical examiner? It's been so long since I saw Twin Peaks. It's really shameful. I don't remember, but I do I do picture him in Twin Peaks. He's just one of those actors that you just kind of, oh, that guy type. Yeah. No, yeah. I know he's in it, and he's like got a pretty big part. I just, yeah. I'm trying to think. I think he's more of a medical examiner. Medical examiner? Okay. I think they consult with him about the bodies and things. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I need to rewatch that show. Yeah, I do too. It's been a couple of years. Anyway. Um, he says, also, fun fact, uh, Graham Ravel was the composer for The Crow as well. Hmm. He says, in the original Psycho, the psychologist who examined Norman was Dr. Fred Richmond. Why did he change his name to Leo here exactly? <laughs> That's, I think that is just dumb inconsistency that... Yeah, it's it's just stupid. Why would they do that? I don't know. I don't know. A screenwriter I... that just doesn't really care is my guess. Yeah, like they remembered the last name and was like, no one's going to remember the first name. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he says, and why did Connie think it would be all right to marry, for her to marry a patient like Norman Bates? <laughs> <laughs> I have those questions, too. <laughs> I have lots of those questions. <laughs> I have little sympathy for her character after learning that she agreed not to have a child with Norman and then went behind his back and tried to get pregnant anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She is a horrible, horrible doctor and wife. <laughs> That's Sue talking, not Daniel. <laughs> he says, it goes without saying, but I like Freddie Highmore and Vera Farmiga so much better as Norman and Norma than these two. <laughs> really? <laughs> You mean Olivia Hussey's fine acting didn't get it? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> they are so much more sympathetic. Really, everything has been handled better in the show so far, from Norman's father's death to his fugue state to why he disassociates into his mother to hopefully the identity of this lover he finally ends up killing. Romero? Question mark? Yes. <laughs> um, Chet is like the grossest human being, by the way. <laughs> Especially calling Norman Normie. Skin skin crawl. I decided after watching this and after reading Chet that Chet deserves the uh, like the instant douchebag award. Oh man! (laughs) Like I don't know if I've ever been introduced to a character and like he's so instantly a douchebag. It was like a talent. I know. <laughs> um, unlike this film, which squarely heaps all the blame for the murders on his mother, the show gives such a more interesting, nuanced view that the infamous, infamous psycho we know and love is not just a product of Norma's well-intentioned but dysfunctional upbringing, but also his own pre-existing mental illness and psychosexual frustrations. Yeah, if Psycho 4 does nothing else... It makes us <laughs> really appreciate what Base Motel. Motel is doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the beautiful backstory they are weaving. Oh, it's, I mean, it's amazing the story that they're, because if, 
if Psycho 4 is the only thing that existed about, like, the backstory of Norma and Norman, that's just a tragedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, it really does. It just, yeah. It was hard to even think about them as it, as the same two characters that, you know, Freddie yeah. are. You, you know. have to totally disassociate you do. this movie and just watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that show exists in that dimension and this movie exists in this dimension. And... This show, this movie is in its own dimension because it <laughs> totally doesn't take into account anything that's like ever happened in the cycle universe. I know. <laughs> it's so inconsistent with everything we know. I know. It's... They don't even try. I know it's amazing. <laughs> and they get it so wrong. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, you just have to kind of leave this planet and watch this movie, <laughs> and then you can return. And then you can come back. <laughs> um, he says, and I don't understand why Norma is so strictly Puritan regarding Norman's sexuality when she herself later freely has sexual liaisons with men in the motel cabin. Total hypocrite. She is seductive with her own son and then punishes him for responding to her advances. Why can't she? <laughs> I had the same frustrations. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. I couldn't be frustrated. It'd be more um, head scratchy. Oh, total inconsistent. Head scratchy. She's just the worst. <laughs> just uh, yeah. I guess I'll probably get into it later. <laughs> <laughs> he says. Why can't she be like Vera Farmiga and just say, so you get a heart on me sometimes? <laughs> it's not weird. <laughs> so you notice my breath, so what? <laughs> so you get a heart on for me sometimes. It's not weird. And resume spooning. <laughs> yeah, that's how you do it, Norma. That, yep. <laughs> <laughs> in this movie she seems like a complete monster but I guess she's suffering for her own kind of bipolar form of insanity which we've seen Norma in the show exhibit signs of but not to this extreme the adult Norman knowingly dismisses the psychologist's suggestions of incest tragedy yet the incest subtext is all over the flashback sequences of the film though again I think the show's use of that subtext is far more compelling Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Norman should just stick with what he knows, kitchen knives. <laughs> Trying to expand his repertoire to ligatures only results in a poor woman horribly drowning alive in a trunk. Also, strychnine is a very bitter po poison, and with enough to kill an adult human being in their drink, they would have tasted it immediately. I was wondering that. Yeah, I actually, in some of the fun facts I'll have at the end of the podcast they talk about strychnine and how very bitter it is that it never they never would have not noticed 
plus the size of bottle <laughs> he had. The, they get really into it. The ounces he has, mm-hmm. even if he poured the whole bottle in, wouldn't have killed those two. I was wondering that, too. Like, and is Trictorine, like, a carol syrup-looking thing, like it was in the movie? Or is it, like, a liquid? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. It just seemed a little viscous to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just would never give this sh- movie enough credit to get something like <laughs> the poisoning right. <laughs> Uh, he says, all right, sorry for running long and so excited for season four. Oh, if you have a vacancy, feel free to stick me anywhere down the line. But if it's available, I'd love to dance with myself in the air <laughs> to the record player in Dream Lover Room or Be My Baby Room at the B&E. B&B. Uh, Norman, dancing with Norman is one of my favorite moments in the whole series. Daniel. Well, you betcha. Dream yeah. Lover Room's open. Yeah, and we just, we just put a retro record player in it yep with all the records from the show that you'd want norma and norma's personal collection so i love to think of you dancing in there <laughs> with, with your tea. <laughs> <laughs> all right putting them down on the spreadsheet All right, oh, well, thanks, and, Daniel. Yeah, and by the way, I one of my notes is, Norman is terrible at killing people with anything but knives. <laughs> <laughs> he had the hardest time killing people. <laughs> I know. Well, how many times did Chet come back to life after drinking the poison? <laughs> Three? <laughs> a lot. And the lady he, he strangled came back a lot. Yeah, she did too. Yep. Well, Psycho 4, the beginning. <laughs> okay, so the the basic premise of this movie is a modern day, or modern day at the time, a 1990 Norman Bates in this nice looking 90s style kitchen. Mm-hmm. Making dinner and there's like a radio show going on and you cut back and forth from Norman and it's played by Anthony Perkins, Norman and a radio station. Yeah. So there's uh, a, there's a radio show and the radio host is CCH Pounder. Yeah. Um, She's doing a show about matricide matricide. Sons who kill their mothers, and she's got this really weird guy who killed his mother with his grandpa, who's <laughs> his mother was the grandpa's daughter. Who <laughs> he was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but she's got them in the studio interviewing them, and then this psychologist who has written a book about matricide. I think it was like little boys who kill their mothers or something. <laughs> Uh huh. And so it's one of those radio shows where people can call in and ask questions. Here we go. It says, um, so Dr. Leo Richmond, having written a book titled 
Mother Killers, which details boys who kill their mothers, talks about a 30-year-old case in which a young teenage boy committed matricide and then dressed as his mother and went on a murderous rampage. The next caller, requesting to be identified as Ed, claims to be personally connected with the show's theme. Ed, who is revealed to be in fact Norman Bates, tells Fran and Dr. Richmond that he has killed many people before and that he is gonna have to do it again. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yep. So basically, the whole movie is him talking to this radio show and then kind of talking about his past. And so it does a lot of these flashbacks to a young Norman and Norma. Yes, in which at the end of them, Anthony Perkins always like shows up in the flashback really creeper like. <laughs> Like, in his own flashback. <laughs> yes, and it's he's such a creeper in them. <laughs> it's so weird. Yep. So, so yeah, so he calls in. Yeah, my first note is, uh, how did Norman get that house? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, so he is playing this guy, Ed talking to the radio host and tells him that he had killed before he killed his mom. Yeah, that there were other women. Yep. So the first flashback is to, like, what, a 15-year-old, 16-year-old Norman? <laughs> yeah. It says, a frisky young teenage girl named Emily arrives at the Bates Motel. Yeah. Uh, circa the 1950s. Okay, this movie did not even try. She looked so 1980s. <laughs> and so did he. He had, like, on Jerbo jeans, and he had, like, that new wave hair. Yeah. <laughs> did you recognize the actor? It's Elliot. It's Elliot from E.T. Yep. <laughs> yep, so Elliot from E.T. plays a young teenage Norman Bates and this really obnoxious girl shows up <laughs> and flirts <laughs> with him. <laughs> yes. She's the worst. And after being told under no uncertain terms that his mother is in the house and very uh, forbidding mm -hmm. when he turns around, where does she do? She runs into the house yeah, because some big old man comes out of one of the rooms and is like, my toilet's clogged. <laughs> and I wrote down, I bet that guy clogs a lot of toilets. <laughs> so Norman goes to unclog the toilet, and she sneaks into the house and into his bedroom. And then he comes up, and they kind of start getting into it. And then he hears a noise and goes into his mother's room. Yeah, and starts talking to her, except when you hear Mother's voice, it shows him, and he's not saying it, and that bothered me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like he was listening to it, and I thought, no, either don't show his mouth if you're going to do that, or have him say it, which wouldn't work for Psycho, so. Yeah. Just don't yeah. show his face while Mother's talking. <laughs> right, so... He leaves the girl in his room, goes in with mother. She's laying in bed. 
you can't see her though, but you can hear the creepy voice telling him to get the whore out of their house um, and to kill her. Um, he goes to the other side and it shows mother and she's already dead. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect that. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> um, and he takes off. So she's dead in bed wearing a wig and he takes the wig off, grabs a dress out of the closet and like goes into the bathroom or something. And then the girl comes into the mother's room and she starts like poking the body in the bed. Does she think that's Norman? I don't know. She just, she's so stupid. She was written so horribly. I can't even begin. I know she was the worst. Oh, and (laughs) my note inordinately is a sexy word. All right, I'll file that away <laughs> under useful information. <laughs> she says it like twice, doesn't she? <laughs> so I, I think he says inordinately, and she says something about men that use sexy words. <laughs> and I thought, yeah. do you know what that means? <laughs> so yeah, so this girl has been told more than once. His mother's in the house, and she doesn't like people coming over or and stuff like that. Then Norman leaves her naked in his bed, goes into the room. She comes in after a few minutes and sees this body. I mean, it's still covered up in a blanket and stuff, but she's like hiding behind like the footboard of the bed and starts laughing and going, Norman, and like pokes the body. I mean, (laughs) she knows that's the mother, right? (laughs) It just didn't make any sense. She she was a horribly (laughs) written character yep i so can she... hardly blame the actress but i know yeah you want to a little bit you have to a little bit um did you notice she was really saggy <laughs> when she takes her top off i thought man i'd hate to see her now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just unfortunate <laughs> <laughs> not too perky no <laughs> <laughs> young man yeah she's probably had some work done by now (laughs) (laughs) yep so after poking the body she gets up and walks around the bed and sees that mother's dead and she screams turns around and norman's got the wig and dress on and stabs her (laughs) so she screams some more yep um So then it cuts to Norman talking to the radio show again. He hangs up and he cuts his thumb and like runs it underwater. And did you notice they tried to make it look like the original psycho, like the blood (laughs) going down? (laughs) Ooh, I'm impressed. (laughs) So the phone rings and it's a woman. And I'm like, is Norman married? (laughs) I know. That was a weird thing. they start discussing picking up his birthday cake. So apparently it's his birthday. Yes. And it's like 9 o'clock at night and he's got to go get his own birthday cake. <laughs> his wife's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, 
So then Norman calls the radio station back. Tells him his mother could be very mean. He says his father died when he was six. Um, the bees stung him to death. <laughs> yes, he had an allergic reaction to bee stings. <laughs> and so we have another flashback, and it's to the funeral. And it's like an open casket in their living room, and they just put a handkerchief over the father's face. <laughs> I know. So his father... <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> I can't imagine it is. You either have an open casket or you don't. <laughs> if the, as they say, he, he was too grotesque to show. Right. right. So they put a handkerchief over his face and have a pen <laughs> pointed right at him. <laughs> oh, this will work. <laughs> Perkins standing there looking into the coffin. Oh my gosh, when that showed, that made me laugh so hard for some reason. That was one of the creeper moments. I was like, what? It just didn't work. And then it shows like the living room and you can see Norma and like a six-year-old Norman and she's like rubbing his arm and it starts tickling him and he kind of giggles and she goes off. She kind of goes off on him, and then the fan blows the handkerchief off the dad's face, and it's like got all these welts, and it's all swollen. <laughs> Close the casket. <laughs> so weird. show asks him to tell about some good times with his mom and it flashes to them having a picnic in the rain and Norman describes her as she had hair hundreds of light years long I wrote that down. <laughs> hair hundreds of light years long <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> so bad that was just such a bad line I can't even begin oh he had some great lines um. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! But yeah, but yeah, it shows them having a picnic, and then it starts to rain, so they get up and like dance in the circle. <laughs> I, I wrote down. Norman would be down with that, like the Norman we know, Freddie Highmore Norman. Just their whole thing. Yep. Um. <laughs> so, <laughs> My next notice is that John Landis. I hope not. It is. <laughs> it is. I That's what I thought too. And then I checked. I'm like, why is John Landis in this movie? <laughs> I was really disappointed in him. <laughs> oh man, he was the worst. He plays like the producer of the radio show and. He's like all gung ho, like keep him talking. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't. I seriously like every time I saw him, I'm like, is that John Landis? No. I did that too, and then it was just today when I 
decided to like see what other people I was like oh wait I gotta see if that was John Landis <laughs> it was and I was shocked I, was I know like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then he tells the radio that he had killed her boyfriend too and that before him he had been the man of the house and it flashes to a scene where it's storming and like a 15 year old Norman runs from the motel office to the house and Norma is in bed all scared of the storm. And she tells him to take off his wet clothes and get in bed with her. And he does. And they start to cuddle. Maybe and that's he... my Norman would be down with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he gets an erection and he runs out of the room. And Norman says to the... <laughs> <laughs> When we were both laughing about the other bad line, and we both started laughing, I'm like, she's thinking. He says to the radio, he got too big for his britches. Sometimes a boy gets too big for his britches. He's got another one. There's another one that exists to his wife. I mean, I may have zoned out by that. Because <laughs> I don't remember anymore. But Oh, man. So, so, yeah, so he runs to his room and she follows him and finds, like, one of those, like, women catalogs. Like, from like the a, 50s. Yeah. It's like, like a 1950s, like... Drawn corsets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, something that the Olsen's mercantile would have. <laughs> and his face when his mom sees it. He's like, oh no, I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> I know. It's like drawings of like women in old pantaloons and stuff. <laughs> she goes, Playboy. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure Playboy was around by then. Um, (laughs) She calls him a dirty pig. (laughs) And she makes him run the catalog down to the outside garbage in his underwear. (laughs) So so it's raining. (laughs) And he's in his tidy whities and he runs down. And she's apparently not afraid of the storm anymore. I know! Because <laughs> he throws it away and turns around and she's standing there. <laughs> and so she wishes she had been firmer with him. <laughs> so so a woman who had just been, like, all scared in bed because of the storm is now just standing right out in it. I don't know. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> this is when I started just laughing and I couldn't stop <laughs> the rest of us. <laughs> So mad we didn't watch this together. <laughs> oh. Okay, so then. Oh, it gets even better, guys. <laughs> Believe me, it gets better. Yep. <laughs> so. 
So it gets back to older Norman on the phone, and he tells a story of watching his mom go into one of the cabins, and he watched her through the peephole his father had made. So in, according to this movie, Norman's dad did the peepholes. Yeah, well, it's weird. That's the first we've ever heard of that, right? Yeah, but this movie's on its own planet. So. I know. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> that was never addressed in the original Psycho, anything like that. Well, the original Psycho is the mother and her boyfriend oh, that's right, that's built right. the hotel. That's right. Or at least bought it together. So this, you know, again, this is not part of canon. Right. In any way. <laughs> Except that it has Tony Perkins in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guess he was up for anything. <laughs> I, a poor guy, man. He must have really been typecast back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a great actor. No. Seriously, in all of the sequels, I am—I don't know what Alfred Hitchcock did, but he was great in Psycho, and then, wow. Yeah, yeah. You, his facial expressions in this movie were just <laughs> so fantastic. Like, especially the one where he's on the phone and they're doing a flashback and then it cuts to him and he's just like on the floor and the phone's on the floor. <laughs> like, what is going on? <laughs> anyway. I don't know. I have a lot more respect for Alfred Hitchcock for <laughs> a miracle. <laughs> exactly. Um, no wonder he called him Master Bates on set. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so he runs down because he sees his mom go into one of the rooms and he watches her through the peephole and she's just in there trashing the room. (laughs) He expected her to be with a man. Were we supposed to? (laughs) That's what I thought too, but she's in there like just trashing the room, like throwing furniture and. Yeah, she's just having an episode. (laughs) And it's. It's never really. It's pretty comical. Yeah, because it's like not really explained because it doesn't. It's no. not like the same night when he had to throw the catalog away. So it's just I don't know. It's just a random story, and it doesn't really make any sense. I think it's just to let us know she's all kinds. She's kind of crazy. crazy, yeah. But her acting in this, oh, <laughs> uh. it's pretty bad. And this is the woman that played Juliet in, like, the famous 1960s version of Romeo and Juliet. And she, like, she won, like, won a Golden, Go- Golden Globes, Globes for, like, um, up-and-comer. And then I don't know what happened, because this was my... I think I recognized... I went through her IMDb, and I saw a few things that I might have said, oh, yeah, I remember her in that. I didn't look. I knew she was Juliet from that version, and that she was only like fourteen or fifteen when she was Juliet. Yeah, yeah, and I totally, you know, I see pictures of her as Juliet, and I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. Right. I remember her. Yeah, I've only seen that version once, and it was probably twenty, twenty-five years ago. So. Yeah, I remember watching it in school, and I feel like I saw it one other time, but. It's been a long time. Yeah. Anyway. She didn't really hone her acting skills. <laughs> like, no. 
Um, so then we're in another flashback. Uh, young Norman brings Norma some iced tea. It's a really hot day. She asks him to blot her with some orange flowers. It's like a perfume, like a like a scented water or perfume or something. Yeah. And she tells him to start on her legs, and <laughs> she's always, like, blotting this perfume or something on her legs, and she's, like, moaning. Yes. <laughs> with pleasure. It's... It's, it's um, almost orgasmic. Yeah, it's filmed very sexy, very intimate. It is. And of course we know <laughs> we know about Norman now. Yes. And his mom. So you know that it's it's <laughs> it's affecting him or whatever. He's yes. like doing this like uh <laughs> so. mixed feelings. <laughs> Um, so then she jumps and he falls to the floor and she gets on top of him and they roll around on the floor together and then they stop and he's laying on top of her and her eyes suddenly get all white and she shoves him off and starts yelling at him. (laughs) (laughs) So he got too big for his britches again. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, so then one of the most bizarre things in the world. So, <laughs> so let's see. She she runs in oh, from her closet. Yeah, she grabs a dress. Well, she yells. Right? He better forget he even has one of those. Right. And she puts one of her dresses on him and then smears lipstick on him. Not on his lips, on his face. Yeah, like, well above his lips. <laughs> and says that that should help him forget it. And then she locks him in a closet and then opens the door and hands him an empty pitcher and says he is going to stay in there until he learns not to say no to his mother when she tells him he's a little girl. Because, yeah, she kept saying that. Like, are you a little girl? And he's like, no. Right. And then she tells him the picture is for him because he will have to make (laughs) (laughs) wee-wee. And she goes, that is what that thing is for, making (laughs) wee-wee. And then she says, are you clear on that, Norman? And this is when I went, there's no way I've seen this before, because there's no way I would have forgotten that. <laughs> the wee-wee picture. <laughs> I'm so glad they used the word wee-wee. That's my favorite. <laughs> she's just got, she's just got this crazed look, and like her... What kind of accent were they trying to go with with her? I mean, didn't she kind of talk weird? She, yeah. Well, I think they just let her have her normal accent. She's from... Isn't she, like, from South America? She grew up in Britain, but she's from, like... Like, Argentina? 
or something. Maybe, yeah. And so <laughs> they just, it without was... explanation, just let her use her natural accent, and it was kind of s- strange. I think she was trying to do an accent. I don't, I don't know. know. If that's her natural, poof. <laughs> maybe she has a maybe she was trying to disguise it I will talk American <laughs> yeah I kind of think that might have been what she was trying to do was I don't know kind of sound like she was from the south or something I don't know it it was weird it was a little strange yes and this is what I wrote you watch this with Ben ha <laughs> <laughs> So then the scene ends with Norman looking under the door of the closet. So you were looking at the door of the closet, and you can kind of see his eye looking under, and I put a little note. I was kind of hoping to see some wee-wee go under the door. (laughs) No, it's in the picture. (laughs) He missed. But he says, Mother, don't leave me. And it cuts to older Norman lying on the floor in the kitchen saying the same thing. <laughs> and he's got like this crazy look on his face. <laughs> and the phone receiver is just on the floor next to him. And you can hear the radio people asking if he's okay. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> Um, he says he'll be back and runs to the bathroom to wash his face and the scene cuts to the radio people figuring out that they were talking to Norman Bates because the doctor puts it all together (laughs) he's so smart (laughs) (laughs) the doctors in this film are just is it next the flashback where he's out he's out banging the dust banging the dust (laughs) (laughs) his mom just (laughs) comes out and just starts beating him with a newspaper. Right. Because <laughs> there's an article about the new bypass being built. <laughs> I wish I had written down the dialogue. <laughs> well, she's she... like, I'm hitting you because you're here. I don't know. Just. Well, she starts, yeah, because he's like, what did I do? And she's like, I, I'm just mad and you're here. And then she starts yelling at him about never showing any sympathy. And then she blames him. For her not being able to hold her water. And she's like, have you noticed? I'm always going to the bathroom. I can't hold my water. (laughs) Yeah, it starts. (laughs) I should have killed you. Yeah, she says that she should have gotten rid of him the second she found out she was going to have him. And she says she should have killed him in her womb because he tried to kill her coming out. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, okay. So apparently she had a complicated birth that must have caused her bladder trauma. Yep, because she can't hold her water. No, she cannot. Um, then it comes to the radio station people, and they're arguing because the way like the way the CCH pounder is questioning him, the doctor's like, uh, you're going to piss him off and he's going to hang up, and the doctor's like afraid that Norman's going to kill again. But she wants to because they try to start figuring out where he lives because they want to call the cops where he's at. Yeah, and they... <laughs> I wrote this down. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. Because 
they're like, he needs professional help or whatever. And she's like, maybe he needs somebody unprofessional. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think she ran that sentence through her head before she said it. (laughs) (laughs) Just another just terrible line. Oh, so terrible. Um... Yeah, they try and do, like, this um, B storyline where they're, like, grappling with, do we want ratings or do we really want to help this person? Right. (laughs) And it was so lame. (laughs) Right. And the doctor's afraid they're not going to find out where he is living and hang up and then he's going to go kill and... Right, because that's supposed to be, like, some big catch of the movie that, you know, we're supposed to be left in suspense that he has to kill again. Well, that's one of the first things he tells him. Right. Yeah. And so it's supposed to set us up to be like, ooh. Who's he going to (laughs) kill? When in actuality, you don't care very much. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. You really don't. <laughs> to say it's no one that they've set up to have us like care about. <laughs> so, um, and then I've got a note. He married a psychiatrist from the institution, so we must have found that out in this as well. Or... Yeah, let me. Okay, it says, Fran and the others learn that Norman no longer runs the Bates Motel, for it was closed down seven years ago, after the events in Psycho 3. He spent a second time at a mental hospital, where he met a nurse at the ward, where he, sp- where he spent, named Connie, who helped him get better. Norman was then released after being deemed sane once again. He married Connie two years ago, and has been living with her ever since. So that explains his nice kitchen and stuff. Right. So, I thought she was a psychiatrist from the institution, but she was she Just was a nurse. nurse. Okay. Um. So then, Norman's back on the phone with the station, and I think her name is Fran, the host. She yeah. asked what led to Mother's murder. And he says, when she brought that man home for the first time, and it flashes to young Norman looking out a window, he sees his mom pull up to the motel and go into a room with a man. He goes and watches them through the peephole. Um, Then it flashes to the next morning in the kitchen, and Norman announces, Chet is moving in, and they're getting married. And Chet comes in. (laughs) I I wrote, Chet? And then my next note is, yep, he is totally a Chet. He is. Oh. oh my gosh, he's amazing. So he comes he comes walking into the kitchen like Norma's all happy making breakfast and stuff and Chet walks in. I wrote down the dialogue. He walks oh, in good. wearing um a robe and Chet goes, Hi there, Normie <laughs> like, This is the first time these two have met. <laughs> Hi there, Normie. And Norman says, you take my father's robe off. And Chet goes, 
no underwear. <laughs> you see, Norman, you only want to be naked around the lady when you're having sex with her. <laughs> Any other time, it just, it just ain't respectful. <laughs> and then he, like, grabs the piece of toast from Norman and takes a bite and goes, good toast. <laughs> book villain oh. proportions <laughs> well i'm so glad you wrote down that dialogue I could, I, I, that is our introduction to chet everybody i was laughing so <laughs> and then it's like later that day or something and there's like this weird boxing scene between norman and chet <laughs> He just brings down, they go down to the grass, you know, kind of by the stairs. And he just opens this box and it's boxing gloves. I know, and he just, <laughs> he just like... puts them on and starts punching Norman. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I wrote down, Chet is almost cartoony. <laughs> I wrote, Chet totally has a Tom York eye. <laughs> did you notice? <laughs> I did, yes, yes. Oh, like man. the is the character playing Tom York guy or does the actor just happen to have one? I don't know. <laughs> oh man, that's Chet. Because I could see the actor being like, "What if my character has a droopy eye?" <laughs> Can we try that? Because <laughs> I can do a droopy eye. <laughs> it's about the only thing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> no underwear. <laughs> <laughs> now let me take this opportunity to give pearls of wisdom to this young boy. <laughs> He just met. This is like his future stepson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, so then Norman starts telling the story of another victim, and it flashes to young Norman making out in a car with an older woman. Um, he makes up some excuse to run up to the house for a minute. And you can hear Norman and Mother arguing, and then Norman comes back dressed as Mother and strangles the woman. Oh, and he says, I don't remember what I was doing in a car with this woman. <laughs> 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 and I thought, that is the laziest. <laughs> they obviously <laughs> wanted him to start killing older women to, like, do some sort of tie, and it was just the laziest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> no. let's put him, so he has to kill an older lady so let's just put him in a car with one <laughs> and have him say I don't remember why I was even in there with her <laughs> oh man yep 
but yeah, his strangling doesn't really work. She wakes up, he strangles her again. She wakes up again. <laughs> he just pushes the car in the in the swamp, and you can you can hear her pounding on the trunk while the car goes under. It's kind of gross. Mm-hmm. And then you hear the her gurgle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's in the it's in the pond. The one thing it did is it put some more um, cars in the pond with ladies in the trunk. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> was my dream for psycho <laughs> that's right <laughs> one point out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got that point psycho. <laughs> <laughs> so then it cuts to the radio host begging norman not to kill anyone else he says she deserves it and reveals it is his wife he is going to kill I'm... Dun, I'm... Dun, dun. <laughs> Who else is it going to be? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, please stop saying seed, Norman. <laughs> <laughs> he says seed more, <laughs> like, five times in this show. And this is, I think, this last one, when I said that, he says something about having his mother's seed in him. <laughs> just, just stop it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, because she asks why, and he says, because she let herself get pregnant, and just the look on his face. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised they didn't have, like, lightning bolts, like, in the back, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those. They were trying to make this reveal. <laughs> <laughs> he says that he told her no kids, because he didn't want that crazy bait line to end with him, or he wants the crazy bait line to end with him. Um... And that's when he talks, you know, his mother's seed is in him. (laughs) (laughs) He says he told her that he's killed a dozen women, but she thinks he is cured and okay. (laughs) 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 And that it's not genetic, even though science proved it is. He's like, science has proved it's genetic and she doesn't, she won't believe it or something. I'm like, this is the dumbest woman on the earth. Um, yeah, I was surprised to find, I think we find out that he's married, and then when we find out that he married his nurse, before when we found out he's married, I just totally assumed she knew nothing, nothing. about his past. <laughs> right, but nope. <laughs> nope, she knows it all. And she's she, like, she knows he killed a dozen. You're fine. <laughs> Science has proved it could be genetic, and he's got like, urges to kill sometimes and she's like nope you're cured (laughs) (laughs) who's the crazy one Um. (laughs) Um, so then I think um, the radio host asks him to tell about the actual killing of his mother so it flashes to young Norman. Um, he's in, like in the kitchen or something, and Norman cheddar upstairs having really loud sex. <laughs> um, yeah, Norman's in the kitchen making iced tea, and he can hear him. And he puts strychnine in the tea and brings it upstairs. Um, Chet drinks it right away and goes into the bathroom, and Norma <laughs> drinks it, but not after she dances with it. She dances with <laughs> and the pours cup. it down her neck a few times. 
She does not. And now this would be weird anyway. She doesn't like dab a little on her throat. No. <laughs> she pours it. Yes. Like down her chest. A couple times. Ice, like sugary, sticky iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like dancing with the tea. <laughs> this, and while Norman is just at watching and it's all done to like build tension that she's not going to drink the tea. Yep. Even though she had talked... I'm so thirsty. Where's Norman with that iced tea? I've had so much sex with I know. my iced tea. I know. They're just laying there in bed. <laughs> Where's the iced tea? <laughs> and so they, to build tension, have her like pour it down her body instead of drinking it. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Oh, but she finally drinks it, um, and they have a pretty epic poisoning death, and I'm like, well, Chet keeps coming back to life, but he finally dies. <laughs> yes. I didn't watch too much of it, because there was too much vomiting involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They end up, like, falling down the stairs, and he thinks they're dead, and then they both kind of gasp back to life, and then... Several times. <laughs> a few times, and Norman ends up with Norma down in the cellar and puts her in the rocking chair, and that's where she finally dies. And then Chet comes down the stairs. After <laughs> 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 we thought he's been dead two or three times, but then he finally dies, and then Norman has a bag of candy corns in his hand. <laughs> You didn't. <laughs> he I think I was couple... still averting my eyes about the puke. The puke. He pops a couple candy corns in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I can just see Tony Perkins saying, I'll do it, but <laughs> with one. Because <laughs> the candy corns was his idea. Yes. There's got to be candy corns. <laughs> <laughs> Totally what happened. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh. So then, so then older Norman hangs up on the radio show and calls his wife and tells her to meet him at his mother's house. <laughs> like, uh, like that's clue number one, wifey. Don't go to his mother's house. <laughs> She does protest, and he's like, it's my birthday, and that's what I want. <laughs> so <laughs> they meet there, and he takes her up to the house and up to Mother's room, and they kind of start <laughs> fighting, and he puts her against the wall and goes, <laughs> <laughs> all of that steak and no potatoes. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? That's like a... <laughs> That's like a fight they had last year. <laughs> it keeps coming up. <laughs> you ate all those steaks and forgot to make the potatoes. <laughs> what in the world? Well, I think it's because he's yelling at her about being pregnant, I think. And she's like, but you're better. You're better. <laughs> and he's like, 
all that steak and no potatoes. <laughs> Says Grandpa Norman. <laughs> Whatever. And I have Lady, you're the dumbest psychiatrist in the world. <laughs> and then they hug and everything's okay. Um, and then Norman goes back. And they leave the house and then Norman goes back and burns the house down. But keeps hallucinating like his mom and Chet and all the other people he killed. Yes, they try and artfully, <laughs> like, have him literally burn his demons. Yes. <laughs> and vanquish them. With, <laughs> Like, they all come back and visit him. Yep. yep. And one by one get consumed by the fire. Yep. But he falls down the stairs and hurts his leg and then crawls down to the cellar and hallucinates taxidermy mom down there. And then he crawls out of the cellar to the outside, and it ends with firemen leaving and Norman hugging his wife, and she, he says, I'm free. <laughs> then the outside del- cellar doors close, and you hear Mother saying, get me out of here, and then a baby crying. Did you notice that? Yeah, and I wrote, if we see a baby with an <laughs> evil look on his face, <laughs> I didn't finish my thought. <laughs> And it ends. <laughs> psycho Five. <laughs> I know. My last notice. Were there plans for a Psycho Five, but Tony Perkins died? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh. Yep. That was amazing. It was. It was. It, it was a fun watch. <laughs> To me, it was by far the most enjoyable of the three sequels. Yes. They all had their own enjoyment to them, but this one this was, one. was so... I, I will this give it... This is so what the bit were, I mean. <laughs> for what the bit moments. There would be too many to list. We can't do a what the bit. No. I mean, if I had to pick one, it's got to be the wee-wee pitcher closet scene. (laughs) (laughs) I I do like like the storytelling device. I did kind of like the radio show and the flashbacks. Yeah, that was a fine idea. I thought that was a great idea to show what happened between mother and son. The execution... Yeah. was dismal. <laughs> yes. But the idea was great. Uh-huh. That was a really good way, I thought, to to have that story be told. Um, I have a note. I can't decide who should get the overacting award. Chet? Norma? Norman? Radio Lady? <laughs> like, they all... All of them. John Landis? Oh... <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, Yep. And just his wife. She wants to have a baby with this guy. (laughs) I know. There's a what the bib. But. Yeah. Yeah. That. I say if you can find it, watch it. It's it is worth it. It's it really is. That was pretty crazy. 
for his facial expressions alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Do you want to hear some uh, fun facts? Yes. All right. <laughs> when Anthony Perkins saw the first screening of the film, he called it the best out of all the Psycho sequels. <laughs> I'm with him. <laughs> but I think he looks at it differently than you do. <laughs> at least it wasn't. The other two just had plots that were just hard to follow at times. Yeah. I mean, this one had some plot holes, but it wasn't confusing. Like, who's that lady? Who was that, you know? Oh, sure, yeah. Where the other two were riddled with that. Um, director Mick Garris has called Anthony Perkins the most difficult actor he's ever worked with. <laughs> so was he a diva on the set? <laughs> I would love to hear more. I know. <laughs> I wonder if Mark wrote a book. <clears throat> Um, oh, when Norman first calls into the radio show, he says that his name is Ed. And Robert Block, author of the original novel Psycho, based Norman Bates on real-life Wisconsin serial killer, the cannibal Ed Gein. That's right. So Ed was a nod to Ed Gein. Contrary to popular belief, only one ending was shot for the film. Director Mick Garris has stated in interviews that Janet Leigh saying in her introduction for the broadcast on Showtime, so she must introduce the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and she must have said that multiple endings were shot. It was just a publicity stunt. Man, I can't talk tonight. <clears throat> was just a pl publicity stunt by Universal, which is lame. So they didn't shoot multiple endings? Nope. Only just, one ending. They just lied about it? That's yep. <laughs> That's really stupid. <laughs> During pre-production, there were talks of the flashbacks to Norman's youth being filmed in black and white to reference the original film. <laughs> that, they did such a terrible job of making this those like a period that oh. I'm glad they didn't do that because that would have just been another slap in the face. It would have been, yeah. Like, I don't even think the cars they used were of that era. I I can't imagine they were. Nothing was. I mean, sh I mean, I think they were just like, eh, that car looks old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did a terrible job with that. Um, Olivia Hussey, is that how is she? Uh -huh. Hussey? Didn't have to audition for the role of Norma Bates. She was directly offered the part and immediately said yes when she was asked if she was interested in playing the role. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was a mistake on both ends. <laughs> <laughs> she was just horrible. Uh, this was the only one of the cycle sequels to use um, Bernard Herrmann's theme. And I noticed that. I'm like, wow, they're playing the theme. Yeah, I noticed that too. This film was shot in 24 days. <laughs> Good work, guys. <laughs> <laughs> It was um, the house and motel used for the film were originally built in 1988 on the back lot of Universal Studios, Florida. So they 
built this in Florida, Universal Studios, I guess, just for this movie, because it was torn down in 98. Oh, interesting. It had a nice... It was weird to see the house, because it's all freshly painted, like yellow with white trim, and... Mm. Yeah. Uh, the scene where Norman rips the apple in half <laughs> was oh. improvised <laughs> by Anthony Perkins. <laughs> in the script, Norman was originally supposed to take a butcher knife and slam it into the apple, but Perkins felt that was too corny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Because <laughs> just ripping it in half wasn't weird. <laughs> nope. <laughs> the only sequel to Psycho that Stephen King likes. <laughs> Sweet. I need to hear more about that. <laughs> nice. If he likes it, is it a great movie? <laughs> Or he likes it the way I liked it. That yes. was just a fun, crappy movie. Thoroughly enjoyable. <laughs> this is the stupidest fun fact in the whole world. In the opening credits, the various shots of Norman's birthday cake were done by a real baker. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Why would that be a fun fact? <laughs> I don't know. As opposed to what? <laughs> it's, it's it's not a real fancy cake, guys. <laughs> no. You can find it in any grocery store. I just love it. The birthday cake featured in the opening credits was done by a real baker. <laughs> it was like one of those grocery store birthday cakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and those are the fun facts. Oh, nice. Yep. <laughs> First user review. Surprisingly enjoyable. <laughs> you know Done by Snacks for All. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Snacks for All. <laughs> it is surprisingly enjoyable. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is kind of funny to go down to the message boards and read people's comments. Hell, some people... Defend it. Like, I defend it as just a bad... If you are just in the mood for a bad movie, because... Not even a bad horror movie, because this is not a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing scary. No, you could see where they tried. Yeah, but... They tried to build tension. They tried to... Nope. Scare you. Didn't work ever, ever. No, I never felt any kind of suspense or tension at all. Not even when they end up at Mother's house, he and his wife. Mm -mm. I was like, eh, just kill her, I don't care. <laughs> She's an idiot, <laughs> Darwin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Psycho 4. Yeah. I was not looking forward to watching it. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yes. 
Bates Motel might be the real stinker. <laughs> I, when my when Kristen, my sister-in-law, returned the disc because she borrowed it from me and watched them all, she watched the Bates Motel movie too, and she's all, "Are you guys gonna review that one too?" And I was <laughs> like, "I'm not sure yet." And she goes, "I hope you do because I want to hear what you guys think." She's like, "It's really weird." <laughs> I am intrigued. I know. So I was like, then we will. <laughs> anyway, cool. Yeah. That was fun. It was. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So, right on. Well, if you guys have any ideas, send us an email. Yeah. If We're something. open to ideas. Yeah. If there's a movie you'd like us to watch and make fun of or not. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. We, we're up for suggestions. <laughs> yeah, just send us an email at yesmotherpodcast at gmail.com. Or yeah. join the Yes Mother Facebook group. Yeah, we have good fun over there. Yep. So, alrighty then. Alright. We'll, uh, I guess I'll see you later. Alright. Later on in the week, we're going to record a Buffy. Oh, that's right. Cool. I gotta get those watched tomorrow. So do I. <laughs> so. Are we doing them um, nighttime again or day? Nighttime. I work okay. out this week. Okay. So. Cool. Okay. Cool. Then I'll talk to you Thursday night. Okay. Alright. See ya. Bye. Bye.
Took me longer. I had to go get my wee wee picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> this movie was messed up. Oh man, it's, it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. <laughs> something I've been <laughs> what <you> doing <laughs> Halloween's coming up oh that's right <laughs> <laughs> so you can't even pay like a two ninety nine or something and watch no. it off of Amazon uh uh-uh. is that cause I didn't realize this was a made for TV movie yeah Showtime actually. I did not know that and that... that brought me back cause I remember Ben had Showtime and I remember now that little bits and pieces as we I watched it <laughs> like came back on the first time I saw it. I remember now that Ben had seen it and then he like came to stay overnight or something and 
you know, he'd just, like, come home for a little bit. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, you've seen it. And I think we had Showtime. at the... we were, There was a while where our family had HBO and Showtime. I remember that, yeah. A year or two, maybe more. Yeah. And so he's like, yeah, I watched it. And so I'm like, let's watch that. And we did. <laughs> <laughs> yep, this is the only one I've just got no memory whatsoever of and there's just no way none of those some of those scenes wouldn't have come back to me <laughs> <laughs> well i'm wondering now if since it's a showtime original movie they probably don't but if there's a slight possibility they just have it on their like website maybe they probably didn't bother <laughs> It's but, been 25, 35 years? 25? Yeah, I think I... it's right at 1990. So, yeah, 25. Yeah, 1990, not 1980. Yeah, 1990. Because then Anthony Perkins died in 92, just two years later. Right. Of eight? Is that right? I think so. Huh. I didn't know that. Unless yeah. I did know that and forgot. I think so. 